Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, all my geek and geekettes out there in geekdom. Welcome to a special episode of Geek Soul Brothers and Nerdy Venoms. Uh, I was so thankful and honored that... I had on the show five great ladies of podcasting, and I'm actually calling this episode Badass Women of Podcasting. We had uh, Dee from Nerdgasm Noir Network, Jamie, creator of Black Girl Nerds, Tatiana King-Jones, Grand Duchess of Tech, who's also on Fan Bros, uh, Lisa Bolakaja of Hilliard Guest Screenwriters Rant Room, and Lana of Blurds on Nerds, all wonderful ladies, all intelligent, funny, uh, insightful, and with great voices in geekdom. And I was joined by JD, our very own, aka Twitterella. She was my co-host, jumped in there and asked a couple questions, so I really appreciate you, JD, for doing that. We talked about so many things. We talked about how they got started, how their voices are heard in the nerd community and at the world at large. Uh, difficulties of becoming uh, uh, press at Comic Cons and so forth, and how fandom is changing through the voice of diversity, uh, their collective voices adding to that uh, diversity. Uh, thanks for thanks for everybody in the chat also for Bison joining us, Natty Willie of the Nerd Element, uh, Lauren, Lady Geek Forty, and several others that were in the chat. Really appreciate you you all being there if you want to find out where these ladies actually do their podcasting on the internet just listen to the show everybody gives out their websites and where they are on on itunes and stitcher and so forth and you can find them all on social networks also and of course you can find myself geek soul brother at geeksoulbrother.com i'll be posting up the podcast and um you can find me on all social networks uh facebook Twitter, Google Plus. You can email me with any questions, geeksoulbrother at gmail.com. And um, hey, sit back, relax, enjoy the show. These ladies were great. And again, I was honored to have them on my podcast. So I appreciate it. And I hope you do too. Talk to you guys later. Hope you enjoy. Peace. Wait, everyone, everyone can hear me though, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're all cool. All right, let's get started. Hey, everybody out there in Geekdom, I'm Geek Soul Brother, and tonight I don't. I have one of my nerdy venoms with me, but I also have some awesome, awesome ladies of podcasting. Um, I have I have some guests on here that uh, run their own shows, do their own podcasts, whether they do it alone or with their uh, uh, partners in crime or, you, you know, whether it's a collection of them or just a couple, I found them to be incredible ladies who voice great opinions and geek them or entertaining or funny or insightful, intelligent, 
And I'm going to start off introducing them. I'm going to start off with Jamie of Black Girl Nerds. All right, now. Go ahead, Jamie. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I was sharing my story earlier about um, I got into a near car accident when my tire blew out in the middle of the highway early this morning. So um, I'm glad to be here. Uh, this is James of Black Girl Nerds. BlackGirlNerds.com is the website. It's an online community uh, sharing uh, content and information that speak to black women and women of color in geek and nerd culture. There is also a podcast that we also air on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We'll start back up on September for new episodes. And you can always follow me on Twitter where I rant and rave incessantly um, and all of our other social media networks uh, just using the term Black Girl Nerd. And thank you for inviting me on tonight. Appreciate it. No, thank you, Jamie. I, I know I know you had some uh, commitments and I, I'm not I'm not sure what the situation was that you were able to get on the podcast, but I'm glad and and tell your mama said hi. Oh, we'll do. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> next um next we have uh Lisa Bolakaja from uh, the Screenwriters Rant Room. Hey, people. Tis hi. I'm actually tripping out, you guys, because I follow a lot of you guys on Twitter already. So I'm trying to, like, get used to hearing your voices, like, in real life now. <laughs> so from now on, whenever I see you guys tweeting anything, I'm just going to hear your voices now. So. Oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> you do, you kind of tweet from the ether, like, oh, and then you hear people's voices, like, oh, that's what they sound like in real life. That's what I think. <laughs> but anywho. Anywho. Thank you, Lisa. Um, we also have Deanna. From Nerdgasm Noir Network. Hey, Deanna. Hello. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Also, now I'm worried that Lisa's going to hear all my tweets in my voice, and that's going to make my tweets even weirder. Oh, so sorry. No, no, it makes it more friendly. It's like, oh, now I feel like I really know them now. You know, that's all. Yeah, that's yeah. all. Awesome. <laughs> that's funny. And also we have, um, I invited her at the last minute, and thankfully she came. Uh, we have Lana from Blurs on Nerds. Hi, everyone. I really don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm new to all. I'm, I still consider myself very new to all this, so thank you for asking me. I'm glad I'm on vacation right now, so I was able to actually come on the show today. and. Yeah, about it. Well, I'm glad that you came. I'm glad you came on the show and that you uh, were able to make time. Like I said, Lana, I scheduled it over your vacation time. That's all. I'm, I'm, and I you know, appreciate that. I do. I'm good like that. I'm good like that. <laughs> and also, we have Tatiana King Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech. You can't say her name without saying her title. I love that. Yes, thank you, thank you. Go ahead, Tatiana. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so thank you for introducing me. Tatiana King Jones. I'm one of the hosts, one of three hosts of Sandbro's show, which is a podcast about geek culture from the perspective of people of color. We talk about all sorts of things on Ambrose Show. Uh, you can find us at Ambrose.com. 
We're also, our main podcast site is on SoundCloud, so soundcloud.com slash Ambos, but we're also on iTunes and Stitcher and all sorts of random places. And I'm really happy to be here, excited. Um, I'm really glad you got this whole brigade of, like, badass women together, and I'm I'm here to have some fun. Yeah, man, badass women of podcasting. I might change the title. <laughs> 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 I might change that title. And of course, our very own JD, aka Twitterella, one of the one of the well, she made six. She made six the six nerdy venom. Uh she she's one of the nerdy venoms on Geekful Brother and the Nerdy Venoms. J D, what you uh you, you ready for tonight? You ready to you ready to get some uh awesomeness from all these uh wonderful awesome. ladies? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And thank you for having me on as well as I'll be tweeting this out live while we're while we're talking. So hopefully I won't flub too much or get anybody's name wrong. If I do, please, please tell me immediately so I can correct it. <laughs> I don't want to tweet it out. <laughs> but otherwise, I'm sure it'll be cool. It'll, it'll be fun. Can't wait to start uh, hearing what the others have to say and getting this podcast going. Yeah, definitely. So let's do it. Um, thanks, everybody, for in the chat. Really appreciate you guys. Thanks for everybody that's listening. Also, thank you for everybody that's downloading the show um, after a fact in the archives. Really appreciate it. Uh, Geek Soul Brother definitely has to do a lot of editing this weekend because he's like two shows behind. <laughs> Terrible. But I'm going to get to this one quick. So, ladies, I want to go around the table because you're um because you're 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 podcasting divas you you really you you really do a great job podcasting. I know firsthand because I listen to all your shows and um I'm just going to go around the table and see why you went into podcasting and uh why you chose that media over any other media or or in addition to any other media that she might be doing. I, I'm going to start with you, Jamie. Well, I got into podcasting by demand. I didn't even know what the word podcasting meant at the time. It was brought to my attention that I should do podcasting. So about a year into creating Black Girl Nerds, uh, about 2013, um, I, would, I would get tweets every now and then from folks and People would send me emails, have you ever thought about podcasting? And um, finally, I was on your show, uh, Geek Soul Brothers show, and we had done an interview and you had said, have you ever thought about podcasting? And I had mentioned that that's something I've been flirting with. And finally, I just decided to go with it because I figured if I've committed to saying something that's recorded and it's going to be printed indelibly, um, for folks to listen in on that I can't really back down from podcasting. So March of 2013, we launched the BGM podcast, and I've been doing it ever since. And it's it, it's a definitely, it was a daunting process. It still is, um, but I love it. I'm really glad that I decided to go into this medium. Um, I've had some great topics that's come my way as a result. I've learned a lot um, and then had the opportunity to interview a lot of fun guests so thank you guys for for making the suggestion I, I honestly it's not something i would have ever thought to come up with but uh i'm glad that i was able to supply that demand and 
very thankful for uh, the BGM podcast to still go and keep its momentum. I'm, I'm glad your followers recognized that you had, you know, that, that you could be a powerful uh, voice as far as podcasting and stuff. I think that that's what they kind of saw. I, I certainly saw it in our interview. You were one of my first interviews, actually. Really? Um, oh, wow. Yeah, you were, you were very early in me doing my own podcasting. So, um, yeah, I just want to thank you for, you know, coming on the show. <laughs> Helping me to get my podcast going. Um, uh, Tatiana, what got you into podcasts? I know it was a group effort with you and uh, DJ Ben Hamine and uh, Chico mm-hmm. Rio. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what personally, like, what made you say yes to 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 podcasting and to jump in with them? Um, well, a lot of people don't know, but Fanbros wasn't my first podcast. I actually used to be on a podcast called We Nerd Hard with Elon James White, and that's part of the um, This Week in Blackness, Blackness Network. So I I guess that was a real start, and I got, I was a part of that. I'm trying to remember, like, how did I even, oh, Twitter, Twitter. So basically, um, it was just coming together with people, like-minded individuals who were, who wanted to establish independent media. And we knew that our opinions and you know our opinions and our comedy and all the other stuff was well received and we said well you know what what about putting it on a platform where we can integrate people who can like listen to us and also chat with us and just start talking about stuff that we all care about so that's how that went and then fast forward now with Sambo's, it was pretty much the same idea like i'm just super super duper nerd so I'm always, I always gravitate towards people who want to talk about it openly, whether you agree with them or not, uh, and the fact that it's people of color as well. So I just jumped on board with podcasting. Um, I've always loved the medium. And again, like I said, I'm always about bringing new voices to the media landscape. So I decided to jump on. Awesome. Awesome. Lisa, what about you? What, what, what got you in uh, uh, Hilliard? to uh, start your own podcast? Actually, it was Hilliard. It was purely by accident. Hilliard had done a podcast. We both listened to podcasts, and Hilliard had went and did a guest um, guest, spot, guest interview on one of the podcasts, and the producer of that particular show asked him if he was interested in doing his own show. And mm-hmm. Hilliard just called me up and said, look, we're going to do this show. And I was just like, you know, a lot of podcasts are so, you know, I'm not saying they're rigid. They're just very formulated and just kind of like you know you're nice and you got to watch your p's and q's and hilliard was basically no we're going to do the podcast our podcast the way we do when we talk after the organization of black screenwriters because we're both members of that and hilliard's um an indie producer a writer director a member of the wga and basically he just said let's just do a show that's just us shooting the breeze when we're in the parking lot after meetings when we really want to say what we really want to say but we've been nice in the regular meeting so that's how it happened. Basically, we just started, you know, getting equipment, and eventually he branched off and created his own network. And, um, you know, a lot of the producers and people that we know around in Hollywood just come on in and just talk, and it's unfiltered. And that was the main and only reason why I decided to do a podcast, because it was like, if I couldn't be myself unfiltered, then it was not even the point for me to even do it. So that's basically how we got started, and we've grown really fast. And people seem to enjoy it, because it's not, you know, we don't, 
we it's for grown folks. Screenwriting, if you really want no screenwriting and just really talk real talk, that's our show. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you you guys have been uh, growing real fast. It's, I mean, you you put out that great uh, information on screenwriting. I think that's uh, I think that's part of the reason why you know people gravitate for, towards it. Definitely. Well, it's really um, but so many people are trying to get into screenwriting, and it's like, you know, we're coming from the ground up, like, this is the real deal. And so that's always what we want to try to put out there, and that's the snow job. Like, oh, I made it in Hollywood. Like, snow people, you have to put in work, and we really want to focus on the craft. Right, right, right. No, great, great podcast. Deanna, what, uh, I mean, I, your, your podcast I, is pretty unique. You got five ladies of color. Mm-hmm. Or around that, <laughs> you got the. I love pretty that much podcast, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I love what, what, Yeah, they're they're awesome. All of you are awesome. All of them are awesome. What, Deanna? What personally? I, I know it was a group effort, obviously. What, but what personally got you to start? Uh, or to join Nerdgasm Noir? And and what made you host? Like you're you're the host of it. Uh, well, I, I've been a podcast listener for a long time. Like I used to have a really long commute to work. So I was, at first I was buying my time listening to music and then I got tired of hearing the same songs over and over again. So I started listening to podcasts and, um, actually it was Melissa's idea to start the podcast. She had come up to me like in 2009 and was like, let's start a podcast about nerdy stuff. Cause we listened to the nerdist and all of that. And it was fun to listen to, but at the same time, the only time you ever heard like black people's interest in nerd things was when they had a black guest on. And then every other time it was kind of like, yeah, this doesn't interest me in the way that in the same way that it interests you. So this is getting kind of weird. So she came up to me in like 2009 and said she wanted to start a podcast. And then she didn't say anything about it for a year, <laughs> and then, which is very Melissa. And then right. like in 2010, like, JP and Kia actually, like, she had mentioned it to them, too, and she they just kept bothering her and bothering her and bothering her, and finally she was like, okay. So she sent me a message on AIM, it's that long ago, uh, and she was like, hey, I want to do a, I still like the podcast idea, me, you, Kia, JP, Jamie, let's go. And so we started it, and it's it's been pretty fun ever since. It started off with us uh, rotating the hosting job, and then uh, everybody else was like, hey, I think one day Melissa was like, I'm not feeling up to it. Could you host? And then the next week, JP was like, I'm not up to it either. Could you host? And then <laughs> after that, it was just me. I was like, all right, I guess it's my job now. Can I, I, I jump in here real quick, Dana? Because you've ne- I, I'm just letting y'all know right now, for the Nergasm Noir crew, you've never had a podcast experience until you've seen these ladies do a podcast live. Because oh, yeah, we put them at WizCon. And I was blown away just by, I mean, it was the most fun I've ever had listening and also participating in a podcast, just being an audience. It was amazing. So, yeah, that was our hoo. And I want some prizes, y'all. I want some prizes. Yeah, she, she won all the music <laughs> prizes. She knew all the music answers. It was hey, great. Really, that's what a nerd does, girl. That's what a nerd does. You know your stuff and you get stuff. <laughs> that was a really, really good experience because all of us had actually met on the Internet. And that was uh, the first time that all of us were at the same place at the same time because we kept seeing each other individually in different areas. Like, oh, my God. Me, Jamie, and JP would go to one con, and then me and Melissa and, and Jamie would go to one con, and then Kia would come to one con. And so, like, 
that was the first time we were all together. Like, Kia even surprised us. Kia wasn't even supposed to go. And she surprised us and came. And it was the most fun. Just that was the most fun we've ever had. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Because, um, I mean, I, I can kind of relate because our podcast is, you know, we're all spread pretty much between the, I don't know, the, the first, well, yeah, between the West and East Coast. JD being uh, all the way in the uh, west coast of Canada. I mean, you can't even you can't get much further than that unless you oh, go no, overseas. No. I'm in Alberta, mountain, mountain. <laughs> in a mountain. Oh, no. No. oh no, no, you're, no. In, you're in cold tundra part of Canada. Wow. Freeze herself. Freeze herself like no other. Um, uh, Lana, what? What? How did you and Matt? Um, how did you guys get into it? Um, well, we met at uh, San Diego Comic Con, uh, hung out in a bar, and we were just chatting. He is in Indiana. I'm out here in California. And one day he was just like, hey, you want to do a podcast? And I'm like, well, what's that? <laughs> and so... Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, he explained what it was and stuff. I wasn't a podcast listener or anything like that. wasn't in media at all. And I was like, sure, okay, that sounds fun. So, and then we just, I mean, when I say we went into it knowing nothing, I mean, we absolutely didn't know anything, had to research. Well, how do you upload an episode? Well, how do you record? I mean, everything from, like, the ground up. And so right. there's no, there no advertising. Like, we were so happy that we just got episode one. We were like, oh, my gosh, like, five people listen to us. Mm -hmm. And we were so happy. And it was awesome. And so from then on, it just kind of turned into something a little bit a bit bigger now. Um, but it's something that we do for fun more than anything else. And right. we just decided that we're going to do this for as long as it's fun. And then when it's not fun, we won't do it anymore. And it's, you know, it's for entertainment. We, I mean, if you listen to the show, we stay pretty light. Although sometimes one or both of us can get on our soapbox and rant pretty heavily, depending on how passionate we are on a certain subject. That's but, what a podcast um, is for. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's when it's the most fun. And it's, we... Basically, our phone conversations, and when we have some of our friends on, those are those are conversations you would hear if you listened in on the phone. That's how we talk all the time. So uh, that's what it is. And, you know, now he does uh, Twitter mostly. I'm not one for social media too much. I like to read a lot of social media. I like to read Twitter. I don't tweet a lot. And... That's about it, I guess. I mean, it's just it's just something fun that we do. Uh, yeah. There's conversations about should we should we take it further? Should we try and do X Y Z? And then, but it's hard. Uh, this isn't my my main avenue. You know, it's hard working full time and then <laughs> trying to trying to fit this in. Although it would be nice, it would be nice to do this for a long time. And then. Also, with some um, a couple of other friends, we started Nerd Element, so that's like uh, entertainment website, and we then we have a host of podcasts on there by some a bunch of other people. So 
shout out to Natty <laughs> Willie and uh, I know. Hey, and Kimberly and <laughs> shout out to them at the Nerd Element. That's awesome. You, you know what's beautiful is that you all came and, and all of us came to podcasting in different ways. Some of us were listening to it and got attracted. Some of us had friends and it it. it it's amazing that you could discover a media and just not know about it and then just dive in and love it, you know? And it is, like you say, Lon, it is, it has to be a labor of love because it's certainly, you know, <laughs> you certainly can't do it without some, some care and appreciation about podcasting. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go around the, I, 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 you guys can jump in. I'm, I'm not going to call out names. Um, but I wanted to know my next question was, how do you think you as podcasters, how do you think you ladies are touching your audience and affecting your audience, especially women of color and even, um, even, even, uh, uh, affecting the opinions of men and, and, you know, how men see women of color. How do you think you're affecting it through your podcast? Go ahead. Anybody jump in. Well, first of all, I think just having a place to, like, speak out and talk about what we want to talk about and actually have people out there who are listening, especially other women of color, who are like, oh, my God, I think the same yeah. thing. And then we squee and go off on this thing. Because one of my favorite things is whatever's going on in, in geekdom or nerdom and movies and film or whatever we're into in pop culture, I know for a fact I can get online and with any of these ladies on here and be like, you know, it might be like, a guess I might say a meme or something funny and I don't have to explain too much and they get it and the idea that they're yes. or listening and other people who might not be aware of certain things they're getting an opportunity to look it up because I learned so much by just listening to of course Nergasm Nar uh, uh, most definitely some black girl nerds just because of her mix with people and um, mentioning things and reaching out and sharing information sites you know links and things like that so I think that more than anything is one of the most effective things of being a podcaster but also being a part of social media and knowing that your tribe is out there and we're listening and signal boosting each other mm. yeah yeah that's, for sure that's definitely true yeah because i know, know look look oh, i'll know when that thing happened with the flash when they cast our new our new our new boy Oh my god! <laughs> Girl, <laughs> not, oh my god! Left and right, I was like, "Look, let me get on here real quick and see what they're saying." All right, they got it. I can relax. <laughs> right, with right. Any TV show with the Flash, with Sleepy Hollow, Sleepy Hollow got a whole lot of traction the first season, mostly because of like black nerd girls on Twitter. We were like, "Wait a minute, there's the show, and the main character is a black girl, and she gets to do all of this fun stuff, and mm -hmm. this, that, and the other." And it was it was tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet and then like and when we didn't like nothing we start boiling it. yes yeah <laughs> and we like i saw people tweeting directly at sleepy hollow riders like what are you doing what is this what is going on <laughs> this does not see people uh, this stuff. is offensive this is this this and that and it's 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 been crazy and i know one of the things i like about the show is one I didn't really think for a long time that we were touching anybody. Like, we were just like, okay, we're kind of talking into the ether. Our friends like it. That's cool. And it's fun. And, like, it was like that for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden, we started getting people tweeting at us. And we started getting emails. And we would, like, we went to WizCon. And, like, I remember the first WizCon we went to. Lisa was like, I know you guys. I listen to your podcast. I love you guys. And we were like, what? Listen to us. Wait a minute. 
And I even found out from a friend that um, she uh, she had let her Hmong friends listen to our podcast. She had, like, introduced them to us. And they were like, well, we want to make a podcast from our perspective and have, like, a Hmong cultural, nerd cultural thing going on. And they they decided to start their own podcast. And I was just like, I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. What? I didn't even know that we could, that, you know, people listen. And now to find out that people listen and, like, it makes them feel comfortable and at home, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Jamie, what what were you saying, too? Oh, no, I was just going to jump in about the Sleepy Hollow stuff. I mean, these guys are paying attention to what we're saying. You know, whether mm. we like the show, which, of course, in season one, everybody was super supportive. I was live tweeting it, and then the Sleepy Hollow account followed BGN on Twitter and would t- live tweet with us. But then season two happened, and we were very disappointed. And I am one of those folks, and you guys know, when I'm ranting and raving, I am very opinionated with my opinions on various things. And if something does not sit well with me, I will call it out. So I didn't like the fact that Abby Mills' character was being sidelined and that Katrina was basically the protagonist the protagonist of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I would tweet to the Sleepy Hollow account. I don't care if they follow me on Twitter. If I don't like what's going on, I'm going to say it. Um, and then I think that they were eventually starting to pay attention. And towards the middle of this past summer break, when they announced uh, the new season coming, they used one of the Sleepy Hollow hashtags that we usually live tweet, which is Sleepy Hollow right now. Oh. And I thought that was cool. Yeah, so these folks are paying attention to what we, we say, and, and our, our voices have definitely you know some meaning some substance to um the conversation whether we're talking about topics in pop culture and media or if we're talking about really serious topics that affect um marginalized people and people of color Mm -hmm. um and i think that that's important that we have these voices in areas of podcasting and social media um because before we we really didn't have a conduit to share our voice and our opinions about things and I'm, i'm glad that we now have these kind of networks where we can finally amplify our voice and guess what folks are paying attention mm-hmm. let's 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 just get something straight jamie aka black girl nerds and her army of followers <laughs> right? army oh dear army of followers i'm looking at your numbers girl i'm looking at your numbers Oh, yes. <laughs> Listen, this all started. Sleepy Hollow wouldn't even exist if Jamie wasn't on that scandal hashtag. Oh. Sleepy Hollow wouldn't even exist. I, well, okay. No, I'm, no, I'm serious because I'm looking at TV now, right? Jamie, I, I, I know you're humble. I'm looking at TV now. You and all the black girl nerds, all, all the ladies here, and all the ladies out there in geekdom, uh, uh, women of color, were, were tweeting scandal. The tweets were going so fast you couldn't even read them. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do? What are we going to do now that Sleepy Hollow and Scandal are going to be airing at the same time? No, but you got, because, of the, because of Twitter and because of Black Girl Nerds and all the others, um, uh, how to get away with murder started sleepy hollow started they got minority report with megan megan good, megan good. good. <laughs> oh <my laughs> God. 
Megan, oh my goodness, good. She's on there. You got, you got, on Sci-Fi Channel, you got three women of color mm-hmm. as the lead, like, kind of like the leaders of these sci-fi fantasy groups. Uh, um, was it uh, Zombie Nation, Dark Matter, uh, Killjoys? All women mm-hmm. of color. All women of color. You got you, you got another show coming on ABC. Um, uh, what I forgot her name, but she um, she's supposed to be some type of uh, weapons um, uh, weapons trades dealer or something like that. You got that coming on ABC. You got other shows that they tried with women of color. I'm telling you, it 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 was no coincidence that the Nielsen ratings started looking at Twitter at the same time that black girl nerds and all, all of the women of color that were, you know, tweeting scandal that they, that the networks decided, Hey, we may have something here. Let's keep going with it. For, um, uh, um, uh, uh, to Raji P. Henson. Yeah. Right. Empire and person of interest. Like empire. Yo, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, I'm right. just saying, I'm just saying the voices, on Twitter, and and you, you you guys are right. The voices in the podcast are like the next step. You know, if, he, if these uh, if these writers and producers are smart, they'll they'll be listening to everybody's shows and getting ideas and stuff. I also think yeah, the casting too, because I know that when Black Girls and uh, Jamie, when you do the hashtag, when we talk about our what is it, we have like our British booze our Asian boobs, <laughs> and we talk about men of color that we think are wonderful and are gorgeous and should be seen more. And those tags, like, blow up so quickly. Mm-hmm. And so many yeah. people jump in it. And then a lot of people are like, oh, my God, who's this person? Never heard of this person before. Who's this person? And you realize that, you know, if Hollywood was smart, if the comic industry was smart, they would really start paying attention to what women and, you know, women of color, what we really want to see. Because, I don't know, did you guys see that with the variety and a couple of uh, articles that come out that was talking about how, you know, the lack of diversity and how some of these movies, you got the same people that look exactly the same that are shown. Same. And when I'm seeing these hashtags, all of about these Asian boots, like all these different people, and we're all squeeing out on that. I think (laughs) it's something that they really are starting to look at. And if you notice, we're starting to get all that pushback. It's like, uh, what what about us white guys? I mean, y'all fine too. You know, <laughs> talk about it too. But, you know, but, but you're everywhere. Cash. Like, what? What do you mean? What about you, white guys? You can you turn, turn on, on any other TV here. show, and you'll find you. You yeah. can even turn on the TV show with the black booze and see, and you'll see yourself there. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because everybody's international. It's like there's no way with all those tags. Like, like I was talking about when we talked about black British brews, uh Asian, do all of that. What you'll see is there's multicultural and different colors within those different cultures. So when we, like the last one I was looking at, and um, I was, you know, sometimes I go reminisce and I scroll through the old tags and stuff, and I was like looking at the British boo tag, and there were different <laughs> colored men, you know, Lisa, guys, everything. Lisa, all I want to see is Idris Silva play James Bond. Fix his, bow, fix his bow tie and wink at the camera. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. I just, I need a <laughs> movie. That's a whole movie. I, I just need, need one else. second. <laughs> I need nothing else. 
Yeah. So that that tweet when Jamie when Jamie tweeted Idris talk and Idris was like, I don't oh know what he said, but it was right. The bow tie incident. The bow tie incident, yo. Oh, that was oh my that was, god. That was I passed out for her. <laughs> In the world. I'm sorry for you listeners. Maybe one day you'll get the story. So I'll move on. Tatiana, I just I just want to get a perspective because mm-hmm. you're you podcast with dudes, right? You yeah. podcast with bros and they're fan bros and the show's called fan bros and, and you mm-hmm. explained several times how you're okay with that. Um, but how do you think you in the position you're in on the show, how do you think you affect uh, the ladies out there, the women of color, and especially the men, being that it's you, you know, being that it's uh, you, you know, that it's it's on the surface it's fan bros, but obviously you make a great impact on the show. How do you think you affect uh, the both genders, both gen- right. genders? Um, well, with fan bros, the reason why I was okay with it because from Jump Street, from the, from the day I joined and learned about it, we they made it. And not just me, but like Ben Amin, Chico Leo, the whole crew made it very clear that they, they they saw this as a gender agnostic title. So I know everyone's used to saying, oh, bro this and bro that, but we wanted to move away from that. And also because mm-hmm. we, we, well, I personally saw it as kind of a riff off of Super Mario Brothers. You know, right. when you play Super Mario Bros. 2, there's all sorts of characters. There's, you know, there's the men, but then you have to say whatever French said is, then you have like a mushroom guy. So like the whole point was that it didn't even matter what gender you were or what species you were. It's just everyone's all together and we all have an opinion. Um, right. Samples actually started with two women. A lot of people right. know that as well. Uh, Jamie Rigetti, um, shout out to her. Like she's dope. She well, started the podcast with us very early on. Uh, unfortunately, she had other stuff going on that she had to leave. But um being the the last woman standing, if you will, that it's good for me because I feel like I'm a great point of balance for all of them. Whether it's them looking at uh, at things we're talking about on uh, in a too manly point of view, if you will, like if they're not really thinking of the whole picture, um, if it's if anything, like if, if I'm able to be there and be the checks and balances for the show, mm-hmm. if you want to call me that. You know, I, I when when guests come on, whether they're men or women, if someone says something that's out of line, even if we all don't agree with it or we do agree with it, I'm pretty much the one that's like, hey, let's think about this for a minute. Let's 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 really dive into what's being said here and let's yeah. analyze this and move on. So, I think my yeah, I'm I'm the only woman on the show, but I think that the men on the show don't come at me as if, oh, she's a woman. Like, I'm, I am a, one of their hosts. I'm one of the hosts with the team. I'm on equal footing, equal ground. Uh, Absolutely. There's never time, yeah, there's never a time when people are like, oh, you know, well, let's see what the woman thinks and let's see what, what all the stereotypical women, women stuff is going to come out of her mouth because it, it's just not true. And right. like I said, thankfully, my team has never felt that way. And then that being said, when we do have women come on the show as guests, they see, oh, you know, if there's something that is just patently for women or about black women, they're really happy to see me there because then they have that ally that's in the room with them as well. Right, right. And I think uh, on on the one side, obviously, um, 
women appreciate, not not just yourself, but Benjamin and Chico Leo. But on the other side, I think the men really appreciate you being there and having not only not only uh, your own personal opinion and and you, you know the opinion of of just being a woman and being a woman of color and stuff, but also just. Just me and Tatiana, like they, I, I think a lot of, you know, like I think a lot of, I think a lot of dudes be cheering for you, like when you and Ben Hamid be going, you know, Star Wars versus Star Trek and stuff every like week. that. <laughs> every week, every week. And, and Ben Hamid, I'm, I'm coming at you. You be throwing down the gauntlet talking about people coming at you on yeah. Twitter. I, I will come at you for Star Trek. Don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, I, I, <laughs> I mean, uh, like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I'm, wait, wait. We need to clarify some things here. It's not that show. It's not that show. Answer carefully. It's not that show. We got to do that another time or we're going to get into <laughs> all kinds of debates and just use our time up and stuff. Um, uh, Lana, I think, I, I mean, you're, you yeah. guys, you guys have been doing your thing, but that's when you've been, um, I think you've been affecting, uh, women of color, especially when you join in, uh, not just through a podcast, but through YouTube and stuff with Nerdgasm. I haven't, not Nerdgasm, I'm sorry, with, uh, uh, Nerd Element. Yeah. Um, I, I, do you feel that way? Do you feel like you, add something to women of color out there that you encourage them to kind of express their nerd and be comfortable with themselves? I do. I do. I mean, um, I think just by doing this, we're breaking a lot of uh, stereotypes out there. We have a pretty diverse group that we work with as a whole. I know um, for me, when it, well, this is something that happened. It was like a family friend, and we were talking about, what was it, the Hunger Games trilogy or something, and she was much younger, um, teenage years, and I was like, oh, yeah, I read that, that, that. And it was interesting because she has this, she has this wide-eyed look on her face hmm. because apparently she had never met another black woman who actually number one knew about the different theories and stuff that she was talking about and actually liked and got excited about it. And so I always kind of remembered that encounter. And that's what I think about when, you know, doing the podcast and the website and putting out this content. And as I've gotten into it a little bit more, I'm always thinking, well, what else can we do? We need to do more. And um, that encounter really saved my head. Even um, my goddaughter, it's really cute. She's young, like in the first grade. And it's, oh, we're going to ask Auntie about this. We're going to ask her about, you know, X-Men and this and this convention. And is this one okay to take her to? And, you know, so just stuff like that. Just, you know, really on a personal um, level, friends and family and a couple of strangers that we met that actually recognize who we are. Um, You know, being able to say, hey, I really appreciate what you're doing and keep doing it. Just that encouragement has been really important. And I think as more people see us, and especially women of color, and especially little girls of color, because, you know, I'm in education, so that's kind of where my heart is. I want them to know that it's okay 
to like all of this and it's okay to like the gaming and the comics and the sports and everything else that you're not supposed to really be into right. and be fine with it. Right, right. It, 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 you know, you bring up a good point. I'm going to throw that out there to all of you ladies. What do you think, what do you think could be done more with your podcast or just with your brands in general? What do you think could be done more to reach um, young ladies out there that kind of feel like they're, you know, different or, you, you know, that they don't quite fit in the general, what they see as the general scheme of things or just you know they're just nerds they're just nerds they know they're nerds but they would love to see how let me ask this real quick how many of you see on twitter on the regular some black woman some woman of color say oh my god i never knew other black women liked doctor who or like yeah. anime or oh, whatever all the time. All I wish you guys could see, because I like raise my hand as if y'all can see me. <laughs> <laughs> I do see you. I do see you. Picture. Yeah. Go ahead. So, brother, if you don't mind, I'd like to answer this one because. Yeah, please, please, JD. Than, than most of the others on this podcast. It was nice to find out that one, there were women of color that actually liked cars as well as comic books as well as right. cartoons or animes or movies that I was also interested in because it was hard right. to talk to people normally who looked at me and went do you like that stuff really like I don't look like a nerd so thus obviously they thought I wasn't a nerd so when I mm -hmm. talked about this stuff they'd look at me with this big blank look on their face like oh my god that's coming out of your mouth <laughs> Those words shouldn't be coming out of your mouth, but they do. Mm -hmm. So finding out that there was not just one or two, but thousands, probably millions of women out there like me, understanding yeah. that there are other women like us out there wanting to connect on this level. Millions. About, yes, about stuff. And I'm saying millions because, of course, I'm of mixed race. A few of the women on this podcast are of mixed race. So we know it's not just the one half, it's both halves that we're mm -hmm. talking about. We're talking right. about all those women that are feeling, even if mixed race, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, you name it, internationally, they're feeling that they can connect as being a, a woman that likes nerd stuff, not just right. a woman of color that likes nerd stuff. Right. So it's, it's been awesome. And I thank you for letting me get on to GSP podcast. But me, <laughs> me, you snuck on here. I, I didn't did. say yes. <laughs> you just, you just broke down the door and say I'm here <laughs> and I'm joining <laughs> and I'm a nerd man. That's how she did it. All right, I want, I want to get to Jamie's, uh, I want to get to Jamie's question of. Um, and, and Lisa's question, too. I want to get Jamie's question about representation. Jamie, you went to uh, San Diego Comic-Con, I believe, for the first time, right? Yes. And and other ladies here have gone, Lisa, I know you be going because you live there. Yeah, yeah. So. from San Diego. So, yeah, that's, that's been the norm. <laughs> Lana, I know you be going because you be throwing down the, the, the manual you and Matt be going down the manual of how to go to a Comic-Con. I'd be listening to that podcast taking notes 
we we just try to be helpful. <laughs> You do a great job. I, I would, y'all. Y'all need to write a little little ebook or something. <laughs> yeah, I would have. I would have liked that for real. <laughs> so, so, Jamie, one of the things that you wanted to discuss was the representation of women of color, especially as press and, mm-hmm. and during the panels. What, what what did you want to you know What did you want to talk about? And and of course, ladies, uh, give your input. Yeah, please give your input because, you know, I was a first-timer, so I don't know how it's been in years past, but um, I just noticed it's still a very white convention. Um, there's a lot of gatekeeping as um, come across with respect to the panel part of San Diego Comic-Con. Um, I was with Regine Sawyer, who, um, she's the one that helped me get into it, by the way. I didn't have a press pass. I had a professional badge. And she's been going to Comic-Con for the last eight years. Regine Sawyer is the founder of Lock It Down Productions. She's got several comics under her belt. Um, she owns her own publication company. Uh, she's done tons of stuff in the New York area and also been a panelist at New York Comic-Con. So she's been in the comics industry for a minute. Love and Regine. Love Regine. Yeah, and Regine Sawyer cannot get a, a panel at Comic-Con, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, you see a bunch of, you know, white dude bros who have a podcast with 300 followers and somehow they're able to get panels. Um, at- mm. um, yeah. And then also, you know, there were folks that were press that also were just bloggers with very small outlets. And look, I mean, I'm not saying I'm all that, but they had a lot less um, social media clout and um, really didn't have a whole lot of reach compared to what BGN has, and yet they have press credentials, and they were able to get in to any event that they wanted. Uh, I bet you they're not creating TV shows. No, no. I mean, with, these are... With their, with their followers. <laughs> no, they, they just happen to, you know, have the right color skin and happen to be the uh, right gender. And right, we're able right. to, to, to get into these um, events. And it just, it, it's so disconcerting to me that there are women out there, and especially black women like Regine Sawyer, who can't get a panel at Comic-Con and has been there for eight years as yeah. an industry professional. Um, so, I, you know, I, I just wanted to talk about that because she's not the only one. There are several women that I didn't even know who have been publishing comics, who have been writing comics, doing artwork. And I'm not talking about indie stuff. I'm talking about they've worked at Marvel. They've worked at DC. And this is for years, like 10, 15, 20 years. And you would not know their names because they just haven't been leveraged the same way that the guys do. Um, And some of them elect to be silent because they rather just focus on job security and being a workhorse and, you know, getting that check and just not trying to make any noise by putting themselves out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely respect that as well. But I, I really, I felt guilty. It's, it's, I know that's a, a weird phrase to say or a weird word to use, but I felt guilty that I didn't know that there were so many black women and women of color out there that have worked in comics for a long time and that have been working diligently with these large um, comic distributors and I have not been able to get a hold of them or reach them or 
you know, be able to at least have them as a guest on a podcast or something. And Regina was like, don't feel bad about it. You know, they, they haven't really put themselves out there. But I, I want to highlight them because that's the whole point of having this community. Why have this platform when, you know, women of color not being highlighted the way they should? Um, and even going to the milestone panel, which was great. I loved it. Um, you know, Reginald Headland was up there talking about 2.0 milestone. And they were mentioning all these guys that were being attached. And they were all men. I didn't hear any women's names that were going to be attached to the Mount oh. 2.0 launch. So this is just some of the concerns that I've had as of late. And I've just been working recently to change that by featuring more comics by independent artists, more comics written by women, more comics that are featuring women of color. Cause I just, I feel like I need to push that more on my side of things. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's really important that we are represented as press. Someone who DM'd me on Twitter in confidence, who is a very um, well-known person in the press industry, says that they are the only black person there at Comic-Con, that they don't see any black press people. And yeah. um, when they saw my tweets about, you know, being press, he was just like, way to go on that because we need more of you. <laughs> Here, like I don't want to be the only one, which is ridiculous that there's someone saying that they're the only black person that's being represented at press at Comic Con. That's ridiculous. ridiculous. It's supposed to be yeah. the international, the one of the biggest. And I honestly, I stopped going for the last two years because one, you know, once you've done it enough times, it's kind of you know you're kind of over it. But I I like going on Saturdays to go look at the you know the costumes and stuff like that. But what was frustrating, like what everyone is saying here, is yeah, you go in there. And, like, the only, like, major panel thing that they have is, like, the black panel. And right. that room right. gets filled up and overflowed like crazy. So I know there's an audience for stuff, you know, but yeah. why is it that we're just getting that one panel or whatever special panel that was coming up? A couple of years ago when Reggie Hedlund was working with BET, I know they said the black panel. Then right after that, they'd have, like, the BET panel, you know. So there were, like, two panels, you know, and it was like, oh, my gosh, everybody's trying to cram in to go see there. And, but when you walk around every place else, these gatekeepers are not playing, you know? It's like, you could have, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of influence and impact and really talk about really great stuff that they need to be hearing, but they're really just focused on the same old, same old, and it gets really disheartening. It's really, it's, it's boring, honestly. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've only been Jamie, that's, you know, trying to get a campaign to get you to get that press credential so we can create new panels and get you in there so we can get more voices. You know, I'm so great, like, the people from Racialicious and a lot of the people who are actually at Comic-Con who are tweeting. I mean, a lot of, like, literally the last two years, I've been, like, virtually attending Comic-Con just by <laughs> listening to everybody and reading tweets. You know, like, oh, what's Jamie and them doing? Oh, Jamie's about to do this. Oh, what's Racialicious doing? Oh, they're doing this. So I was kind of being able to, you know, kind of be there a little bit, but I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It just You just get so tired of always being overlooked all the time. Right. And, and I have... And I have actually applied for press credentials for the last three years. Um, so I just want to put that out there because I got a little bit of pushback on Twitter from people that were like, whoa, you think you can just tweet <laughs> that you want to be, uh, oh, wow. that you want to have press credentials and then that will get you press credentials. It's not like I just showed up and figured, oh, I should get them. Right. I've been applying and um, I've not heard anything from Comic-Con. I never even got a rejection email. Mm -hmm. Saying that you know what over capacity, yeah. Oh wow! I've never heard wow. it. Wow! Wow! So, that's rude. That's yeah. So that's why I did the social media campaign because I'm like, okay, well, if they're not 
corresponding with me through email, maybe I can use social media and then they could pay attention that way. And then maybe next time when the press credentials come up, I can be like, hey, look, I said this on Twitter. Like, give me an opportunity. Give me a chance. And with respect to the diversity panel, mm-hmm. one of the things that I also noticed was they were pegging a lot of the diversity panels, like the black panel, and they had another diversity panel scheduled at the same time. So you could only mm-hmm. choose one or the other, which mm-hmm. I thought was very bizarre. Um, so that that was another issue that I thought was but kind that also of odd. issue is why are we always just on diversity panels? Why aren't we on the regular panels like everybody else? Exactly. Now, yeah. Yeah, diversity panels are great, but, you know, I know a lot of stuff that y'all need to know I know, and you're not going to have to, like, ghettoize me in this one little section like, oh, come see the little black peoples and colored folks over here in this little room. All right. No, we you know, know big panels. No. Yeah, you know, that reminds me. That reminds me, because the same thing happens, not just with San Diego Comic-Con, but even in New York. I'm just Tatiana. And I haven't been to San Diego, but New York, um, we kind of see the same thing, but in a different manner. So we may see more of these types of panels where it's more people of color on it, but it's, uh, it's literally the same pattern. It's either right. relegated to being... Uh, a quote-unquote diversity panel or they set it up so it's in a really small room and then everyone is like standing up or they set it up at a time where it's very inconvenient for everyone if people are trying to leave <laughs> and it's just like oh yeah my panel's at nine o'clock at night and it's just like well i've been here for 10 hours so i don't know <laughs> so like, right. hey. Cause wasn't one of the panels like it wasn't even in the comic-con it was like yeah and, somewhere and it, it was, was like yeah. Yeah. Panel, yeah. but it was yeah. like and, uh, hmm. Not in the room. Yeah, they do that a lot. And like I said, not just with even the Comic-Con, but just all types of events like South by Southwest. Like, when even when we're talking about, like, their culture, things like that, like, they, they'll say, okay, the main room is here in this convention hall, but you're a mile down the road in so-and-so hotel. And it's just like, okay, mm-hmm. all right, see so how you really feel about it. Mm-hmm. I just want to jump in a little bit and say something about Comic-Con, because I do know somebody who was um, giving a panel, and we had a long conversation in, um, he's relatively new, and it absolutely is who you know. It doesn't really. And I, after I, you know, in finding this out, um, I was really pretty surprised that number one, there was a panel, and he, you know, he was able to get it after what I consider to be kind of a short amount of time uh, doing what he's doing. Oh and God. you know, it's lunch with so and so, and it's this, and it's it's definitely a network. And there's, you know, it's who you know. It's not necessarily what you're doing. So I know a couple of people who have gotten press, and it's it's um, pretty interesting how that plays, how that process goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe. You know, uh, again, shout out to Regine because uh, Regine Sawyer because she's created her own panel um, that she basically uh, submits to all the conventions and meetups and, and, and uh, you, you know, group events that are mostly on the East Coast, but now she's going all over the country. I, I'm pretty sure that she's going to generate enough buzz to, to have one at Comic-Con one day. Jamie, you're right. She should have had a panel a long time ago because she's, she's so, uh, she, she, she just, she's just in the fight. She, she's in the forefront of the fight of having women of color uh, represented, but she has a panel that she features as much as she can, uh, uh, women of color in comics. 
do you guys think that that's the thing? Do you think her strategy of creating creating a specific panel and um, just promoting it and getting it into little conventions at least? Do you think that's a good strategy, or 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 just attack like San Diego and just eventually get in there like bust the doors down? <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, not literally, really, but although <laughs> I would love to see that. I would love to see just thousands of black women literally bust the door down. Oh, I mean, oh, right just... the street right here in San Diego. Right oh, now. I would I'm love it. Right now. I would love it. <laughs> I will show up like 300. Mm-hmm. <laughs> literally, yeah. literally dressed like 300. I was going to say, do we have like 300. Because I'm a little and like, not, not, not female, not female 300. I mean, like the Roman soldier 300s, but all <laughs> black women just showing up with shields and, <laughs> and laptops. Hmm. And, uh, laptops, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really admire what Regine has done, and I, I want to be in her when I grow up because she's so diligent in yeah. making sure she gets things done. She doesn't just take rejection and go and absorbs it and goes, okay, well, I guess I won't be able to get a panel at Comic-Con. I'll forget about it and move on. She was like, okay, damn it. I'm going to go ahead and create my own panel across the street from Comic-Con. I'm going to look it at the library, and we're going to do the damn thing. And that's exactly what happened. On Sunday, we had a panel, and it was right across the street. And what was great about that panel was we were able to invite folks from the community that couldn't afford to get into Comic-Con exactly. and at least be able to have the experience. And what we did, we took a whole bunch of free swag from inside of the convention and brought it with us and gave it to all of these families and kids that really were comic fans and really wanted to know more about the industry um, and see women in comics doing their thing. So it was great to see Regine doing that. And now she's doing it all over the country. And I, I just admire that. Like, forget about just giving up and feeling defeated. Do your own thing. And a lot mm-hmm. of folks are doing that, too. In lieu of trying to get a panel at Comic-Con, they're creating their own Comic-Cons outside of the four walls of that convention. So, Jamie, mm-hmm. Jamie, yeah. Jamie, we're supposed to be integrated. Why are you trying to segregate? We're supposed to be integrated. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it going to be black girl nerds? Why can't it be white boy nerds? What's wrong with you? You know, if I made white boy nerds, everybody called me racist, but it's okay for you to make black girl nerds. Mm. Mm. Wally, you know, Wally is white. I don't understand. Why does he have a black girl? He didn't have me on the panels in the first place. The other stuff with everybody else, this would not have been an issue. But you exactly. where I need to create my own thing, so don't get mad. Exactly. <laughs> also, like, exactly. weren't you saying before, if I can't be part of your stuff, I should create my own stuff? So when I create my own stuff, now all of a sudden I'm segregating, I'm going to need you to make up your mind on what you want. Okay, exactly. <laughs> before you come to me with this. Exactly. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, that seems to be a good strategy. Do, do you guys think that? Do you guys think that you, well, let me put it personally, do you guys think that you would ever either uh, start or become part of, like, starting a separate panel and kind of doing your own thing? And, you know, are, are, there, are there some specific issues that you would love to cover at a panel? Uh, I'm going to jump in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. One of the things, uh, one of the things I like about going to the smaller cons, I haven't been to San Diego Comic Con in a year, in a, in a year, in a couple years, because it's 
like everybody said, it's very, very not black girl friendly. So uh, mm-hmm. I've been actually doing a lot of smaller cons lately, and especially writing cons. And one of the great things about the smaller cons is a lot of them, because they're seeing all of these people on Twitter and because, you know, they have people, more people of color coming to their cons, they're actually trying to include more black women, other women of color uh, in into their panel. Mm-hmm. So, like, WizCon has done an amazing job. That yeah. first WizCon that we went, that, uh, the first WizCon that I went to, it was still, it wasn't very brown. It was still, we were still a little bit of an anomaly. But what happened was we went and we found our little group and we hung out and we had fun. And then we were like, we should just start getting more people to come and making this a safer space for right. more people of color and Every time we come, we bring somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times with those new people coming, they're like, oh, this is cool because, like, yeah, we've had these bad experiences, but there's there's this place where there's, like, a bubble that we have where we can, like, get away from that and just have black nerd fun time. Right. So I'm going to invite my friends. The people of color dinner at WizCon. And yeah. everybody's in that room as a person of color, you know, and you're like, oh, my God, everyone's here. And you, every it keeps growing every year because everyone, each one brings somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all jump in, too. Uh, I know, like, with Fan Bros, we try to, not just with the cons, but we try to do a lot of just original events just outside of those of year round. So we'll have a lot of live shows or we'll do a lot of activities that try to... Uh, involved and help people of color express their nerdiness and their love for geek culture. And what we realize is that when we do want to work with these cons, we we try to do it. So we tell them outright, like, look, you guys aren't doing a good enough job. And this is our vision for what we see to, to help you understand that people of color love video games and comics and all sorts of things just as much as any other um, group out there. So just like with this year, we, we joined up with um, New York Comic Con so that for Super Week, we're doing a whole litany of events that week just to make sure that our voice is heard out there. So whether it's something we're doing independently or in conjunction with those those large houses, we try we make it a point that like right within from the giggle, like this is for this is for our people, this is for our family, this is for our women of color, this is for our medical, whatever the case may be. We want to be very vocal about that. Right, right. Tatiana, you you guys, um, uh, the fan bros did a great job uh, coming up with like events. Uh, the fact that DJ Ben Hameen, that's not just a name, that's a, you know, yeah, he, he, he's a, a DJ. <laughs> yeah. He's a daggone global, global DJ. Shout out to you, Ben Hameen, to going to. Ethiopia and rocking it out over there, you know. Um, uh, you guys do a great job. Uh, uh, as well, I got to mention, um, one of the ladies that I want to get on the show, I, I thought she was coming on at first, but um, uh, I, she, she's actually part of their podcasting tonight, the Black Tribbles down in Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, like some too also do a great job um, uh, having events and kind of throwing themselves out in the community so that they can be uh, kind of like a lightning rod for other uh, geeks of color and just geeks in general and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 I look forward to seeing um, 
us as a us as a community generating more events and more meetups and more you know more programs just to bring bring us all together whether it's at the con or not which yeah. um which kind of brings me to my next point real quick the uh the question that lisa uh, uh, want to talk about basically the change in dynamics and fandom, how how um, black people and people of color are uh, starting to have an impact and uh, use social media. Like how like do you guys do you guys feel like like we're on the horizon of something bigger as far as uh, nerds of color? I mean, I, I hope so, personally. And, and just talking, when I was thinking of that question, was the idea, like, especially when, you know, Jamie, you guys do the 80s live tweet, or when um, it's Friday Night Horror, or Geek Soul Brother, when you do, you know, the Saturday Night Sci-Fi. Mm. I think it is making an impact, because when I look at those tags, and I'm tweeting and live tweeting and doing all that fun stuff, and just being nostalgic and geeking out, and just, just, just having a lot of fun, there are lots of people who are not people of color who follow those things, are putting yeah. their foot and having that experience. And I, I mean, just from the last, what was the last, what was the one last one we had with Fifth Element? And there oh, were so man. many people who were on there, and the tweets were coming so fast. Or when we had, um, uh, Jamie, when you guys did, the, I think you did in conjunction with the uh, Lost Boys, you know, and all yeah. these people were just yeah. there who weren't just people of color, you know? Right. And these people were realizing, oh my God, these guys are nerdy and fun just like us, and that audience is growing. So. I, I think it's, it's, we have a huge impact, and I think we just need to recognize that. I think a lot of times we don't. I know, um, Deanna, you know, you're talking about how we don't promote our stuff, or we just kind of think we're just throwing stuff out there. People are listening and watching and participating. So yeah. I do believe on the cusp of, like, taking over some things and getting to the point where it's not just because we're black people doing some cool stuff. It's because we're just some cool people, and you want to get with the winning team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell them, don't be on the wrong side of history. Don't be on the wrong side of history. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> no, I, 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 I see where you were coming from, Lisa, because I think these hashtags, and, and definitely shout out to Jamie and um, and Ashley, Graveyard Sister, Shift Sister, for kind of giving me the idea to start Saturday Night Sci-Fi. You know, I, I was looking at them and I was like, wow, I'd, I'd really love to do something sci-fi related, movie related. Although the last one didn't, I don't know if it went over so well. Uh, this Island Earth, 1950s uh, science fiction movie, I forgot that they mentioned uh, plantations and slave quarters in there. Um, well, you got to have to. Nerds have got to know nerd history and be able uh -huh. to do some things. And you have to be knowledgeable. You can't really call yourself a nerd on some stuff. You can like some things, but real nerds, real geeks, you know hey, history yeah. and you into it. And you, right. you bring some stuff, whether it's comic books, whether it's pop culture and movies. Like I see you guys talking stuff when people try to come up into your mentions saying stuff like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And then you guys will slide in and throw a picture or something up. They're like, what do you mean I don't know what I'm talking about? This is from right. 1960s. This is from 1972. And it's like six degrees of separation when you're talking about stuff and people are like, oh, well, damn, y'all do know some stuff. So, you know, I don't know. It, 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 I wasn't in the last tag last week when we had it. I missed out. I was I was gambling at the racetrack, y'all. So I missed out that last, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I, 
guess I go to the racetrack, yo. I heard your podcast. I heard your last episode. Some movies go over and some don't, and but I think it's like an education for people. Like, hey, this is what it is, you know. Have some fun, learn something new. You know, and and you just made me think, Lisa. Um, uh, as far as uh, boosting the signal, um, I want to ask you guys: did did you get a chance to see Dope? And how could we? How could, how could we have promoted that movie better? Which leads to my next question. Mm. What is a, first that question, but what is a black, especially a, a, a woman of color network going to look like in five and 10 years? But how could we have promoted dope better? Because it, it although Lisa, you and Hilliard did have a point, the movie only cost seven hundred thousand and made sixteen million. Mm-hmm. Definitely a great profit. Mm-hmm. But that movie was also in a couple thousand theaters across the country, mm-hmm. and should I, I could see it had, I could see it should have made like fifty million. Mm-hmm. I, I would have I easily yeah. seen like forty, fifty million with those type of theater I numbers. I agree. I don't know if it's. I don't know. Me and Hilliard have wrapped our brains about it. And I've, you know, I've seen, like, I saw Black Girl Nerds post up stuff, and we've, you know, written things like, go see dope, it's everything. I just, I, I think a lot you of know, times, even black people in the industry, I think a lot of times we hold ourselves back because we're so not accustomed to seeing ourselves in a different way. And I don't know, uh, if marketing was like, well, this is not really, you know, well, we don't know. It's kind of alternative. And it's like, I don't think it's alternative. I don't think dope is alternative movie. You know, I don't think it's just a nerd movie because it had like the classic hip hop. I think it was a movie from everybody. I just don't know if people, I, you know, my theory, if you listen to me on screenwriters rant room, I have this theory that black people just don't see black people as human when they go to movies and it's yeah. hard for them to relate. It's hard for them to put themselves in our place and see us in that way where we will go see everybody's movie and won't be nah, one black person in the movie. So at least because we want to hear the story. So, I don't know. I can't. I, 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 I'm back in my brain. I'm still mad about it. But see, I think I, I'm, I'm going to come about it from a different angle. I think we did do a lot of promotion with that movie. We did, mm. like, the online, the, the Twitter mm-hmm. lobby, if you want to call it, or the general black um, black nerd contingent, which is what I like to call it, which is there's a whole slew of people. Like, within our places and our niches and our areas and our networks and our platforms, we did do a lot to promo that movie and make sure that people saw it. I know we talked about it damn near for two weeks straight. Yeah. Okay, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's partly what was what you just touched upon is that there's also got to also turn the onus back onto the people who are releasing that stuff and the people who are in charge of marketing, things like that, because this, wasn't marketed like say a Juno where it's like oh the breakout indie hit right yada 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 they were just like like honestly like again I'm in New York this is a huge market and while there's a lot of independent movie houses here and also the big movie houses like I barely really saw any commercials yeah and then when I did it was kind of after the fact when the hype already died down right so I think yeah and I think it's also the onus is really on because while that movie cost very little and it was independent, you, they, they did team up with a larger uh, group to do the marketing for it. And they didn't, I just don't think they marketed it right. Yeah. Like, I would have been so thinking they, in terms yeah. of, like, oh, my God, you got these 90s classics. Why aren't you just inviting and having, like, movie block parties having some of these yeah. acts out there and perform those songs? 
Yeah. Or, if or, or, come check it out. We're going to watch it with you. But, you know, that's just me. Right. Or you don't even have to make it directed, directed towards the black experience, even though that's kind of what that was about. Like, if you want to even pull in the broader audience first, make it about the fact that this kid is all about the 90s. Yeah. And from every BuzzFeed post, every random Yahoo post, they talk about the 90s and have gist about the 90s, all sorts of stuff, every other week. So it's just like this. It's so many converging points of interest in that movie that work for so many different people, regardless of your background um, and regardless of your of your of your world of interest. Every this this one common line between that, and I think that they didn't do a good enough job of really showing that to the general audience of people. Like, hey, this is a kid that is a, is a typical growing up film, and it's a kid that loves the coming 90s. Of age. Exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely, definitely a coming-of-age film. Whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. Definitely it's, a coming-of-age film. Right. And, and Or maybe has, or maybe it did what it was supposed to do, and it's going to be one of those underground classics. Sometimes that's Maybe, does, yeah. And yeah, we have maybe. to accept that. That happens to a lot of movies that didn't do so well when it first came out, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, this is the, you know, the classic. No. I certainly think it's going to be an underground classic, but I do think that, like, these movie studios and these marketing companies don't, they, instead of marketing something as a coming-of-age film, they market it as, oh, well, this is just a black film. A black film. And that's the way. Do that. Right. And that pisses yeah. me off. It's just because there's black characters in the film doesn't make it a black film. Like, well, even the right. majority of the John Delight, and they were talking even about Netflix and the average. Even yeah. if it's speaks to the black experience. It's still right. a coming-of-age film. People right. who are going through that right. time or who went through that time can relate to certain aspects of it. Why do you think that they can't just because their characters are black? That's that's right. ridiculous. Or right. we don't have people who look like us behind with the marketing and promotion to be able to tell them these things. Like, hey. <laughs> look, <laughs> really somebody needs really a marketing good. job. I will tell you straight out. Marketed as a coming of age film. What are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> um, I felt like Dope was risky business and Revenge of the Nerds with a black cast in in a you know in a more urban setting. It was it fit the same genre. It's the exact same genre as all those nerd, you know, you know, kind of teenager, awkward teenager gets himself in a, a bind and has to figure out how to get out of it. Ferris Bueller, right. all that stuff. Right. right. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Same exact thing. Okay. You know? <laughs> oh, well. No, but, but, but I, I, I think one of y'all did have a point that there are movies like Tom Cruise's um, uh, uh, Live, Die, Repeat, uh, they called The Edge of Tomorrow right. yeah. last year. Did not make any money. One of the best movies last year. Oh, so it's an amazing movie, by the way. I enjoyed it. It's such an amazing movie. Was it really? <laughs> I need to watch it. It was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Mission Impossible cool movie. And it really, it's really like a comic. It's like a video game. You're watching a video game character in live action. <laughs> Who said was it wasn't really? Who said <laughs> was it really? That, oh, it was me. It was D. I will admit it. Because I watched it. And I... I I thought because I really like sci-fi, I was going to like it. But I was just like, hmm, yeah, well, maybe I just don't like Tom Cruise. Maybe that's what it is. But I was just like, this is not. <laughs> I love sci-fi. And I was just kind of like, okay, well, that happened. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Tom Cruise was in it. So for me, right. I was like, well, right. sorry. Well, it, it, he's seen things before. Yeah. Well, I thought it was dope, but I didn't see it, that. 
the so, best yeah, part was he got to yeah. die a bunch of times. I enjoyed that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Deanna, just don't like Tom Cruise. Yo, Deanna, <laughs> Deanna be on that celebrity hate like 100%. Look, 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 I, I am the same way. I am just an individual. I'm so sorry. Yo, Deanna, who were you sitting next to at the airport and you wanted to kick him? Uh, look, I have... I can't even get into the Donald Glover, the, the, the story arc of my feels for Donald Glover. I can't. It'll take three hours. We can't do just, 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 just acid, acid hate. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, no, yeah, no, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Actually, actually, Edge of Tomorrow made me like Tom Cruise again because I was I was just like you. I wasn't feeling him for a while. Interesting. Um, but but, but yeah. my my point being that some movies some movies are good and don't make that money, but right. but they do become cult classics. Right. And I think you're right. I think Dope's going to be a cult classic. Obviously, we know that. They could. They didn't. They didn't know how to market the film, so they did not quite market the film. Period. You know, because they weren't sure. But mm-hmm. they knew it was a good property from Sundance, and they said, "Hey, let's let's put it out there and see what happens." So I, I'm I'm hoping that it spurs. Um, Lisa, I think you mentioned on a podcast with Hilliard that you hope that they do a sequel with them going to college, right? That would be yeah. awesome. I, I can see enough story material there to go and see what happens to these characters further on, you know? Yeah. I would yeah. And and uh, what's homegirl's name on uh, that she's on set now? She is so adorable. She's adorable. Uh, oh, no. I don't know the actress's name, but she plays Lucy on X-Men. Oh, Kiersey Clemens. Yeah. yeah. Kiersey Clemens, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. She's amazing on that show. It's why she, she's like the black yeah. robot girl, but no chill. <laughs> Yo, no like, chill. Black girls are magic. Well, black robot girls are dangerous. <laughs> Yo, black robot girls are dangerous. Okay. Hashtag black robot girls are dangerous. Um, <laughs> so, so five, ten years from now, what is a... What 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 is a woman of color? What's a what's a, a a network of black people, black media, you know, podcasters, bloggers, and everything? What's that going to look like in the future? You know, like what are, what what direction are we going? How can we like what's it going to look like? If we want to create a network, what's it going to look like in the future? Hmm. I know one well, thing it's going to look like is I'm gonna have you all on the show again. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Um, well, for one, we, especially we're keep going in this trajectory we're going to, we're going to be not only just publishers or, or independent media, but we're going to be content houses. We are going mm-hmm. to be the gatekeepers mm-hmm. to many other things that, you know, we, we always stress about how all these other people are gatekeepers to, to a lot of the things that we love, and unfortunately they exclude us, but we are going to be these new gatekeepers, and we're going to be building these new um, places of, of worship, if you will, where we have the platform to help, I guess, like solidify like all this content and bring it to the people. And, 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 and someone else made a point earlier, not just people of color, but all people, the fact that we all can enjoy all of this and what is going to look like my hope of what that that landscape will look like is the fact that it's more even ground 
I don't know if it's ever going to be perfect because humans aren't perfect, but I think it's going to be a better playing field. Mm-hmm. I see Black Girl Nerds uh, moderating the Black Panther movie panel at San Diego Comic Con. And the rest of the boys. Oh, can you hook a sister up? No, I ain't got to be in the <laughs> <show>. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I can sit Absolutely. <laughs> I hope they give me as many press passes as possible. I'll be handing them out to all of y'all for real. Like, <laughs> that's what we need. Like, ideal we need. to have more of us in the press and having a. Um, shaping the narrative in terms of what information is going out there, whether it be, you know, moderating the really big panels and really having control over that. Um, for me, I think I've always come, because I'm also a teacher, I always come from the each one teach one background, which is not just opening the platform from the rest of us, but also coming back and teaching the younger ones who are coming up how to do this, whether it's having community things where we talk about, hey, black girl nerds or black boy nerds or any nerd in general, people of color, hey, this is how you do a podcast. This is how you do, you know, reporting. This is how you do this. Because one of the things we don't do very well is we don't um, prep the group behind us. You know, we tend Mm. to do well and, and then we forget everybody else where it's like, no, how do you think the big boys do it? The big girls do it. They have their network and they bring everybody else behind them you know, yep. to come through by teaching them how to do stuff. So that's my hope, you know. I'm, I'm really, I have really simple hopes and dreams, people. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, what do, you, what do you think that's going to look like physically? Like, are we going to have, like, like classes or yeah, online tutorials? I think, or? I think we're going to have more panels and more things where we're not just doing diversity panels, but we are already diversifying the, the regular panels that are happening. Um, we should be able to walk into more uh, conferences and gatherings and see more people who look like us and other people who haven't been represented before because representation is so important. Um, I know it's baby steps, but, you know, I want to be able to go to San Diego Comic Con and walk around and be like, oh, my God, it's like a rainbow up in here, as opposed to, oh, look, we have the one little big panel thing and, oh, mm-hmm. there's black people doing some stuff. Hey, oh, okay, y'all too far away. I can't really see y'all. <laughs> Yeah, having fun. But that's, you know, my focus has always been education and, and bringing more people in. So, And the biggest thing for me is getting on those bigger panels, taking over some of those big and smaller conventions, and not just being ghettoized on just diversity panels, you know. Yeah. 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 I guess what you think being the rule more than the exception is really important. Uh, no more quotation marks around black. I just want it to be something that's normal and accepted. Right. And also, um, for me personally, um, television is probably my least favorite medium out of everything, probably because I stare at the screen all day at work. Um, well, I'm about to contradict myself because I like gaming, but it's different in my mind, so whatever. <laughs> um, but I, I want us to definitely have a, or me, I want to have a bigger presence in gaming. I want black women presence of gaming because we're there and we play and you know women in general are having a hard time with that and get attacked and whatnot but for me that's something that's really really very important however it happens whether it be um, more live streams more articles more whatever not sure yet but definitely a bigger presence do we need more uh, um, women of color doing gaming podcasts? Oh, definitely. 
Yeah. We need more women of color being visible in all sorts of media spaces right. where you mm. actually see them. So even if, so granted, you know, TVs are a, a tough cookie and it's also um, limiting at times. We need to see more of that just on TV. Um, see, you need to see that, yes, on podcasts. You also need to see that on on your typical, like right now, there's some debate. Like you need to just see us more readily in all sorts of media, whether it's the, uh, I don't even want to say radio, but each one, things like that. Like we got to be everywhere talking about this stuff. Right. Right. And, and, and I guess, I, I guess you guys have a point that it, it like Lisa said, it, uh, um, uh, take one, teach one. And, um, basically, I don't know, like you've heard somebody, like Deanna, you were talking about you started the podcast and then other people got encouraged and they started their podcast. Yep. And I'm I'm thinking maybe that's a way too, um, uh, to make that into an intentional thing where you say, Hey, you know, let's uh let let's get you up. Let's get you starting a podcast. Let's get you out there and, you know, get your voice out there because we need it. You you're funny, blah, blah, blah. Let's get you a mic. I think it's I always to demystify the process because I know people always think yes, being a podcast, you have to be an expert. And honey, look, mm-hmm. Hillier and I, like I said, we just Hillier, we just learned everything. You know, he said, let's do this. We had somebody doing it for us, and Hillier said, I'm gonna learn how to do this. I'm gonna teach myself, and we just started doing it ourselves. It's like, oh my god, it's not as scary as people think it is, and you can do it. And I think a lot of things people think, oh, you have to be an expert, you have to be connected to a whole lot of things. It's the people really, it's just a computer and a microphone. <laughs> yeah. Computer and a microphone, I had a microphone and just support and you listen to other people with. and support and signal boost, you know? Yep. Right. Yeah. One of the things, like, if I've had people, like, send me DMs or send me messages, like, hey, I want to start a podcast. What do I do? And I'm just like, get a microphone and get Audacity and just go. Like, if you want to find out more information on equipment or whatever, I can send you, I can send you to JP. JP, JP knows all of that information. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. You can talk to this person, that person, this person, but you have to do it. And one of the things you're going to be worried about is numbers. One of the things you're going to be worried about is, is anybody listening? But as long as you're having fun, who cares? Right. Do it. Right. Just do it. Because somebody, you, there's somebody out there who is like you or uh, close enough to you that when they hear you talking about whatever you're talking about, they're going to be like, oh, snap, I love this thing too. Now, and they'll feel more secure and they'll feel more comfortable and it'll, it, it, it'll give them more confidence in that thing. And it just brings people together. Do it. If you want to do it, do it and honestly honestly some of us aren't trailblazers some of us are people who have to see somebody else do something in order for us to get the courage to go ahead and do it too you know so you just have somebody you have to that's true you see somebody doing it and being like oh okay i can do this and the more people you see doing it the more confident you get and like i said i'm always an advocate for going back and teaching other people how to do it and i would love to see like a nerdgasm podcast with young girls coming in and you guys are like having a podcast with them geeking out on their shows and then showing them how to do that and like, you know, putting that out there so young people can hear themselves. Oh my God, I'm doing a podcast. I'm talking about mm-hmm. things that I love. To me, that would be awesome. But of course, that's the teacher in me. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what's interesting? Uh, Black Tribbles, I think last year, had um, a donation, a, a charity event where um, different people were don- donating their services and people would bid on 
that particular service in order to get it. And Black Tribble said, we will donate um, less, like 10 lessons in podcasting. We'll give you everything. We'll make a video of how to do it, blah, blah, blah. I think somebody paid like $2,000 oh. to learn, or 1500 It was something. It, it was a pretty good number to uh, to get them to teach them how to do you know, a podcast and how to get on the radio because they, they actually um, go into a radio station and do their show also. And uh, it just it just showed how people want to do something, want to get themselves out there, their voices out there, but just aren't sure how. And I think right. it's like you say, they, they it, it's a mysterious process until you hear somebody say, like Deanne said, just get audacity, get a mic and just do it. <laughs> you know, jump on one of it. Jump on Block Talk Radio. Jump okay, on like, uh, yeah, Tattoo or, you know. Mike. Yeah. Because, especially because a lot of the time, a lot of the time people are, they're just like, that I don't know feeling. Mm-hmm. That kept that kept me from doing a whole lot of stuff for a long time. Like, I didn't know that I could do panels at WizCon. And then somebody was like, yeah, you just, here, here, here's the website. Yep. Sign yep. up for the things that you want. And I was like, oh. Oh, I didn't know this was okay. Oh, I thought you had to be some big, ginormous, expert, somebody person. And you realize you have something to offer and you can do it, you know? Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's where I think it is. You have to realize that you actually have something to offer. I'm a believer that everybody has a story and has has uh, uh, something to offer the world as far as insight and stuff like that. And I think one of my... One of my things with podcasting was, am I going to sound like a fool? (laughs) Am I going to sound like a fool? Once I was okay with that, with sounding like a fool, um, I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Maybe my foolishness will make somebody laugh. And it it took me being on social media. I think it probably took you guys uh, being on social media to kind of break yourselves in there and then after a while said, Hey, you know, let me let me do let me get my voice out there even even more, you know. So yeah, I'm, I'm well um shoot, I had a question about being proactive, but now I now I forgot it. It was something about how oh oh you got half of you guys have been using Periscope. I see a lot of Periscope videos. How are we going to be proactive? This is off the top of your head real quick. How are we going to be proactive? How are you ladies in particular, ladies of color, going to be proactive in using Periscope in a strategic way in order to broaden the, 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 the black community, the black female nerd community, just a just a nerd community in general. How do you how do you think we're going to use that? This is just a question. I'm just stealing your ideas, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> I'm honest. I try to be. One hundred. Um I started Periscope when I went to the Blogging Wild Brown conference. Um, back in June, and I had never even heard of Periscope, and I saw all these great bloggers who are already early adopters anyway. They're already on the cutting edge of tech um, Mm -hmm. using Periscope as if, like, where you been? Um, So I started Periscoping then, and then I did Periscoping during San Diego Comic Con. I don't have a strategy yet. I'm just using it as a resource to show people 
what I'm doing when I'm going to these events. Um, and I love I loved the fact that I'm seeing more people using it um, on social media, so it's great. Ashley just used it when she went to Monster Mania. Um, yeah. There are Shift Sisters. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's a great tool because folks can actually be there um, by virtue of seeing this on an Internet stream as opposed to, you know, seeing pictures and stuff like that, which doesn't have the same effect. So I think it's, it's great that Periscope is being used. Um, I don't know what a strategy would be at this point. I'm still early in the game with Periscope, but I, I love the platform. I love that it's integrated by Twitter um, and owned by Twitter, so that way everybody that elects to follow me on Periscope can see it. And um, I'm glad to see more people um, in the black nerd community using it. Um, I think three black geeks, I saw them using it recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's good to see more folks um you know, getting more familiar with the platform. I, and, and Jamie, I, I don't mean to put any of you on the spot because like you say, the platform is new. We're just opening it up. We're just cracking it open. And, and I haven't even jumped on Periscope yet. So, you know, I got to do my little videos too. But um, the fact that it is new, I figured because I had you ladies who are, who are intelligent and know how to work the media and stuff like that. I figured I'd throw it out there and uh, do a little, you know, a little 30-second, um, uh, you know, brain brainstorming. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, wonder how, if any of us have been thinking about it or, you, you know. Right. I decided that I'm yeah. going to use it to do goofy videos during Dragon Con. Sorry, guys. Not using it for anything serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think as, yeah, as, as the uh, as a resident tech person, I can say I think as for now, as long as you're just using it and helping to build your audience with it, that's one strategic way that you are like using it the right way. I mean, right. Honestly, yeah. at this stage, it's actually still too early to show like the quote unquote right way to use Periscope. Periscope doesn't know how to use Periscope. Like it's still <laughs> in the beta testing phase, if you will, the public beta. So I think right now you're just going to see a lot of experimentation. And just like Jamie said, I think it's more about just using it. Uh, whenever you go to your events, use it. Uh, you, know, you don't have to use it the whole time, but you just show your face. Show your interactions with, whether it's with other people at the con. Say, for instance, if you're at a Comic-Con, if you're interacting with a celebrity and they, they don't mind. Like, do things like that and show, yeah. like, some fun behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, but like I said, really... All these live streaming platforms, they're they're still technically in their infancy. So just experiment and have fun. You're right, Tatiana, Grand Duchess of Tech. You- <laughs> <laughs> I feel so much more comfortable with you saying that, Tatiana, because it's just like, am I doing it right? Is it, you know, how do oh, yeah. I mean, that question comes up all the time, but it's just like, there's no, like, it's not like, like with Twitter, it's kind of a one main right way to use it, and people use it yeah, for different reasons, right. but there's, you know what I mean, like, but with Periscope and, and sadly, Meerkat and the rest, like, there's really no one way right now. Yeah, it's so That's what I was going to say, like, it's, make it into it's a while, but it's like when YouTube first came out, and people don't know, what the heck, what, what is you, you know, yeah. and now it's like, I think half my stuff I'm looking for, I'm on YouTube, so... Yeah. New technology, use the new media, and you make the rules. 
you know? Right. Like Vine, Snapchat, like all of those things, when they right. first come out, people were like, especially Vine, people are like six-second videos, what are people going to do with this? But Vine is the most hilarious thing now because oh people God. can get quick jokes out and do quick videos, and people get really creative with it. Right. I think every social media has had that complaint. What, what are we supposed to do with this? This is stupid. Mm-hmm. How are we going to say anything in 140 characters? Every new technology, every new technology, good or bad, has gone through this. It's a stupid phase. When the iPad first came out, everyone, including myself, said iPad is a stupid name. But look at it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 I remember yeah. when Twitter first came out. Like I was on Live Journal, and I was like 140 characters, and I'm not really talking to anybody, and I can't have a conversation <laughs> with like this group of people. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard on. Now I'm on Twitter every day because I get news. I get to. I, they tell me about the TV shows that are coming back on. They. I. Half the time I'm just joking around with my friends. Like it's become like a big old internet block party, and I didn't even realize you could do that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the greatest one of the greatest discoveries of my life is a hashtag. <laughs> is it the best? Mm-hmm. It's the best. It, well, when I first got on Twitter, I didn't. I thought this was my ignorance. I thought hashtags were previously created, and you just had to find a site that had the hashtag glossary. Oh, and no. I, had, I had no idea oh, that you could no. just make it. Oh, that's cute. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's sad. That's Geek's old brother's secret. I want to go back and hug you at that time. Just like that, baby. It's okay. It wasn't that long ago. Oh, no. Was it like last week? Was it last week? No, not last week. Of course not. No, because I... It's just between me and you, I promise. <laughs> I, it was last week. I, that's the truth. Okay. Hey, okay. yo, don't repeat this. Don't repeat that story, yo. Don't repeat that story. Okay. I'm sending you a hug from the future, though, just so you know. <laughs> Last time you were sending you a hug from the future. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, but but uh, I I had I had no idea, and now I went through my Twitter addiction phase. Now I think I'm in control. Uh, I'm not on it 24 hours a day, but um, but like Tatiana said, all of these are new, and they're uh, we're discovering them. But I want to see, I want to see the black community and especially black nerd community um, have a vision about these things and have a vision about the course that we're taking and about the 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 the, the fight for. The fight for being comfortable in who we are. Like, we're comfortable, right? For the most part. I'm comfortable oh, yeah. now. I'm comfortable because I'm an old dude that don't care anymore. That's why I'm yeah. comfortable. That's how I am with it. I've already yeah. graduated to brown liquor and everything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But but for those of us out there that aren't comfortable and, and just creating this I don't know, this community and not only creating the community, but how do you create it and how do you promote it so that's visible in order to let, like you say, these younger generations say, oh, I'm like that. I'm comfortable. You, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with myself now because I see that they're okay with themselves. And I know that I have, like Lisa said, I have a tribe, you know, now I have a tribe. So I'm, I'm big into vision. Um, 
and 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 just having a a, a mass vision for people to uh, for people to gravitate to. So let's have some fun. What TV shows are you watching? What's your favorite shows? What are you looking forward to this fall? Hmm. Well, Flash. I'm looking forward to Flash. Flash. Not even oh, to Flash. Holly West. Just Flash. Flash. Sleeping Hollow oh. and that whole crossover Bones thing. Yep. Oh, oh, no. Not why is that? Up. Why is the on? Why is they want to make it? A, they want to make it a procedural. Mm. They want to make it a procedural show. So that's why they, I guess, did the whole Bones crossover. But I didn't even know Bones was still on the air. I don't even think Fox knew Bones was still on the air. And they were like, hey, can we do a crossover with Sidney Hollow? And they were like, what did you, why are you here? <laughs> I mean, well, why oh did they do that? Why didn't they go with X-Files crossover? <gasps> I'm waiting for X-Files. Yeah. X-Files. I'm actually oh my kind God. of. I don't even care if X-Files is horrible. I'm just happy to see it come back for six episodes. I'm just yeah, happy to be Julian Anderson. Anything. Yeah. And Minority Report. Yeah. 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 Minority Report. I'm Fear the Walking Dead. I'm waiting for those. Yeah. Oh, Have you seen those uh, Fear the Walking Dead promos? They look hella scary. Like, and it's one of the dude who's running, and you don't see what he's running from, but the intensity on his face, I was like, damn, I'm kind of scared. I can't wait. You know? <laughs> should, oh, I, oh. should I be looking at my right now? Should I be running too? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, should we be running right now? Because he is whooping. Deanna. We'll see. Hmm? What? Yeah. What happened? What haven't you caught up to? Because I know you be lagging behind sometimes on your podcast when it comes to TV shows. What What, what do you need to catch up to? I, okay, I feel like you're calling me Melissa. I don't wait a year to watch things like Melissa does. But well, um, Melissa's I, worse. But you're you got your own little TV issues. <laughs> I gotta catch up on the strain because I didn't know that it had come back, and I was upset. Yeah. Um, oh. I it's, when they told me Hannibal was ca- was canceled, I had to stop watching it for a little bit because I had to mourn because uh, I don't want it to go. I know you were, you're kidding. Mess. His cheekbones. How am I gonna live without that? So. Oh my goodness! Oh, yeah. I'm trying to put it on another another station. Amazon. Oh, I hope. Please, somebody pick up Hannibal. Please, you guys do not understand how good Hannibal is. Like, don't do this. Is my favorite cooking show. Please don't do this. I watch it too. So, so they. But then the guys that cast on another show. So, so Deanna's the only person I know that says that Hannibal actually makes her hungry. It's look. Here's okay. Hannibal is really, really. It's the thing that I love about Hannibal. It's a good show, but. They do these cooking montages, and the food looks so and when you are good. Eating, you don't care. You don't care. It looks so good, and I'm sitting there like, why does that look delicious? I know that's people. I'm not here for this. And then <laughs> the dark part is, I started, like, me and my friends started this thing where we'll watch Hannibal and eat and see how long it takes us to not be, like, eating. I'm munching the whole time, just like, ooh, yeah, that looks delicious. Deanna, the- did you what? ever see a movie called Soil and Green? Oh, oh my God! Yes, I have. Movie. I love. <laughs> <laughs> All um, I have is people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What else are you guys looking forward to? Any books, anime, comics, anything? Having uh, it away with murder. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Season two. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to our TV show, Legends of Tomorrow. 
Um, I'm looking forward to a lot of the Netflix shows that are going to drop. So the Luke King oh, yeah. series that's coming up, Jessica Jones, um, Defenders, so, and then Minority Report, which I planned her last week. Um, but those are some of the shows that I'm looking forward to. And as far as comics that are dropping, um, the Marvel Ultimate series with Black Panther and um, Monica Rambeau. Um, there's also um, Bitch Planet, which is current, that I look forward to each and every month when that comes out. Um, it's like, oh gosh, it's so amazing. I heard that um, was good. Yeah, and then there's going to be a new Black Panther comic that's going to Yeah, I'm saying Alan Gray that I'm looking forward to that. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Slade and Yeah, and Milestone 2.0. Yeah. Look forward to seeing what uh, they will bring because they're going to launch the old comics and then also they're going to have new series too. So that'll be exciting. The kind of geeks out there listening. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, for me, I mean, besides being Mary Jane, I love that show. Um, I, I like that show, too. This is the dude I, that watches Mary Jane, for real. It's really good. I it, just haven't had a chance. For me, it's, I think it gets, you know, it's on BET, so I know there's issue with that for some people, but for <laughs> me, it's, it's, it's on par with anything else out there, and I love it. So it's more realistic to me than the other stuff that I was watching. Um, but the thing that I'm most excited about, especially in October, is video games that are coming out. <laughs> um, Halo, Assassin's Creed, and I think the Tom Clancy one coming out. Um, one of the Tom Clancy ones. There's two titles coming out in the next six months. But, yeah, um, uh, oh my God, I the, think I know. The one with Angela Bassett, I think it's, uh, I want to call it Rainbow Six, but I don't think it's Rainbow Six or my people. Rainbow Six something. is the one with Angela Bassett, but he also has yeah. the other one, that other the, uh, futuristic. Yeah, that, like, that, that comes out March 8th next year. Yeah, that um, one looks really good. The Division, I want to say. There we go. Something yeah. like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, both of those, but definitely um, October. It's going to be a month for me where I probably won't be watching much of anything because I'll be too busy playing. So, and hopefully, <laughs> live streaming that. <laughs> and October's got some uh, Comic Cons. Yeah, um, who's going? Dragon Con looks like it's turning into Black Dragon Con. Who's going? I'm going I'll be there. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. I might have to make it. The Black Geeks are going. I think Black Tribbles, Black Astronauts. I'll be looking for the hashtags with you guys on the things that you're watching, and I will just live virtually to your Twitter. I hope to make it. Um, all right, we're closing down. You guys want to? You guys want to add anything? Anything? Uh, you want to mention anything? Any topic or anything that I didn't um, kind of cover that you you know? Kind of thought of during the show. Oh, we've actually covered a lot of stuff. Yep. <laughs> I tried to. I tried to. One last question going around the table. Let me see if I can remember it. Um, what what apocalypse do you think you would not survive? Let me see if I can remember. 
the zombie apocalypse, robot apocalypse, alien apocalypse, vampire apocalypse, or the Smurf apocalypse? <laughs> Smurf apocalypse. What was the second one? Hold on. Uh, robot right. apocalypse. Who said robot? Okay. Okay. No, I'm she asked robot. which one the second one was. I'm like, I'm on the side of the robots, so I'm going to make it for that one. I'm just going to walk up the stairs when the robots come because they can't walk up no stairs. <laughs> have you seen, no, have you seen that the four-legged walking robot that they made? It can walk upstairs now and it can like, it can like walk on ice and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to be friends with them because I want to live. Sorry, you guys. Oh, no, they got the walking four-legged ones now. Okay, well, we're doomed. <laughs> again, again, zombie, robot, alien, vampire, or Smurf? I can't make it through the Smurf. I'll make yeah, it through I can't vampire <laughs> and everything else. I don't want any little ever near me. <laughs> ever. Probably. You listen to this of it. It's like, really? The grand and the Smurfs, really? Yes. I know how to kill every other thing that you just mentioned. I have strategies yeah. for all of that. Mm-hmm. And as much as I've watched, like, Doomsday Preppers and stuff, I don't have any contingency plans for Smurfs. So <laughs> that's right. probably <laughs> what it's going to be. Although, Gar- given enough time, I think I could be ready. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Gargamel trying for, like, 20 years to eat those Smurfs and could just could not do it. Like, yeah. And wasn't he a wizard? Like, if magic can't kill Smurf, as real kept getting in the way. Nah, I'm, I'm going to go with Smurf Apocalypse. I have no idea how them things die. <laughs> they are very hard to kill. And somebody said the singing, somebody said the singing would drive them to suicide. Oh yeah. And they have the dance of the 99 Smurfs that are going to do their little hoodoo and then a boom oh, will come God. and then more will come and it'll be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds scary. I'm not here for that, you guys. <laughs> that sounds scary. All right. Um, you know what? It's about that time. Ladies, I thank you so much. I'm going to go around the table. You guys throw out your um, your your, your uh, 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 podcasts, of course, and your sites and social media and all that. Lisa, let me start with you. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, uh, which is my name. Um, I'm also a staff writer for Bitchflix that does the film criticism uh, reviews with the feminist slant. And, of course, Screenwriters Rant Room. Um, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I'm always writing. You can look for my work on uh, my short stories, science fiction and stuff. I have a story up on Uncanny Magazine right now, Three Voices. Um, oh, yeah, I'm there. I'm always there. Or you can find me hiding in the hashtags. Friday Night Sci-Fi, Friday Night Horror, 80s Live Tweets. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Awesome. Tatiana? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did we lose Tatiana? King George, the Grand Duchess of Tech? The Great Duchess has a... Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh. Well, she'll see. We'll, we'll see. Maybe she had a phone call. She had to take... Um, Deanna. Please, you, 
You can find you can find uh, Nerd, the Nerdgasm Noir podcast on nerdgasmnoir.net. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter uh, at Nerdgasm Noir. Uh, JP is actually doing anime screens on Thursday, so if you're an anime fan, you might want to check out what she's watching. Uh, hey. You can find. Did, she, oh. did somebody just squeeze? Oh, sorry. I just said yay. I didn't think it was that loud. <laughs> uh, you can find you can find me on Twitter literally all the time at Naughty Cool J. Um, yeah, and you can find the podcast. We're on Stitcher, uh, iTunes. There's an R, the link to the RSS feed. So if you if you're one of the few people still using Zoom, we got you. We got the RSS feed on the site. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Copy it, put it in Zoom, and you're set. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, D. Uh, Lana, or Shane Fine. All right. Um, for the Blurt Honors podcast, you can find us on Twitter at Blurt Nerd and on Facebook. Um, podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Listen. Also, check out the nerdelement.com where we have a whole host of podcasts. You can just click the podcast and fire link, and we are on all forms of social media. Awesome. Tatiana, did we get Tatiana back? No. Oh, well, let me, let, let me, uh, let me jump in. And, uh, Tatiana King-Jones is part of FanBros, FanBros.com. You can find them in iTunes and Stitcher and uh, a few other places, certainly. Even find them on YouTube. And uh, they do a podcast weekly. It's uh, Tatiana King-Jones, DJ Ben-Hameen, and Chico Leo. Um, um, Kinsonian, I believe, is the producer. And they always have some nice guests on there. You can definitely uh, check them out. And last but not least, Jamie, why don't you, Black Girl Nerds, why don't you, Tell everybody what you're doing. Uh, so blackgirlnerd.com is the website. The podcast, you can listen to it um, on either the website, blackgirlnerd.com forward slash category forward slash podcast, or you can go to twib.fm and find our content there. We're also on SoundCloud. So if you're a SoundCloud member, subscribe and go to soundcloud.com forward slash blackgirlnerds um, podcast. There's going to be some appearances happening. Uh, Tatiana and the guys from Fambros will be joining us in a uh, Black Nerd versus Fambros podcast at New York Super Week. That's going to be Tuesday, October 6th at 7.15 p.m. at Benzaquin Hall at the Dimenena Center. I think I said that right. Dimenena Center. Um, I will not be there at that podcast. I'm going to be at New York Comic Con. Um, but in my place at the New York Super Week event will be Latanya, Sarah Sprinkles, and Boo. She's been a longtime podcaster with us, um, been with us since the very first show. And then also Cynthia um, Francillian, who is a contributor to DGN, and she does a lot of the work with the Black Artist Collective Series. So she will be there as well podcasting. Um, so check that out. And um, in addition to New York Comic Con, I'll also be at Dragon Con. Uh, and it's September. Super excited about that. First time. Um, first time at both cons, actually. Uh, so it's, it's definitely been an interesting year so far, um, con-wise. Um, and 
something else I wanted to plug. Oh, and this Saturday, if you're not doing anything, join us for 80s Live Tweet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're um, going to be tweeting Flashdance. Uh, oh, my God. Second- oh, oh, my God. <laughs> it's oh my God. so weird because we initially had scheduled this way, way back, and I did not think to look on Netflix first for Flashdance uh, to be there, and it wasn't there. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, that was so awkward. I was like, we were almost ready to go. And then I pull up my Netflix and it's not there. And I'm like, oh, crap. Um, I think I so did we, that too on something. Yeah. Yeah. So we live tweeted, honey, I want the kids instead. But we <laughs> brought it back. <laughs> and um, that will be at 7 o'clock on Saturday um, using the hashtag 80s live tweet. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's it. Thank you for having me on. No, Jamie, thank you, Tatiana, Lisa, Lana, uh, um, um, the other one. It's fine. Uh, that doesn't hurt my feelings or anything. <laughs> Deanna. Um, sorry, Deanna. Um, no, thank uh, thank all you ladies for coming on. JD. Yeah. My co-host. Yeah. Where can they find you? You sound tired. All that tweeting. My fingers are almost falling off. (laughs) (laughs) Where can they find my nerdy venom? At Aaliyah underscore she. And just find me on Twitter. I will be there. Tweeting for 5 Nerdy Venom as as well. At 5 Nerdy Venom. And you can find us on 5nerdyvenom.com as well as anything that Geek Soul Brother will let us put up. <laughs> right. Well, find our events on Facebook and Twitter, yeah. Definitely definitely find us on geeksoulbrother.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter, of course. You can find the podcast. We do it live every Tuesday. Sometimes we have these special episodes where we do something uh, uh, interesting and unique as, as having awesome ladies of podcasting come on. Um uh, you can definitely, you can definitely find us everywhere. And, uh, uh, if you want to join the show, you know, hit us up, hit us up, uh, gmail.com. Definitely, uh, uh, you know, give us some feedback. That's all. You just need feedback and want to hear what you guys think. But other than that, thank you ladies. Thanks for, uh, I thought this, I thought these two hours would go by pretty quick and they did. And I appreciate it. I hope to have you you all on again, uh, either in a group or individual. I don't care. But anytime you guys want to come on, even on a regular Tuesday's live show, just call up. Actually, Deanna, we're going to one day break into your podcast. You're going to get a call we've on been Skype. Saying, we've been saying that we're going to do a versus show for how long now? But we still ain't stepped up, so we're waiting. <laughs> I, we didn't step up. We didn't step up. You know, you know. We no, 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 we came on your show. You ain't been over to us yet, so come on if you're coming. <laughs> you got that porch light on. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll I'll, I'll have Geek Bro, um, Soul Brother, sneak attack you guys. Um, hey, hey, you definitely Soul won't brother. see it coming. Got this a nice is... sci-fi movie for tomorrow. <laughs> movie tomorrow. This is actually uh, Toby One stepping in. It seems like we have lost Geek Soul Brother. Soul Brother. 
He oh, ran. Two hours. He got skirt. He got skirt. That's what it yes, is. He, he had to run. He, he ran and pushed me through the doors. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna ignite my lightsaber and block every blow that comes. Um, oh, oh, he's pulling me back. I, I think. Was, I, think I think he's back on. Time limit on his phone. <laughs> Thank you, Toby Wan, for stepping in. Um. You know, the the missing nerdy venom, the one that I would have loved hosting the show, because I said, I said to myself, how am I a dude going to be hosting this, this ladies of podcasting show? I, I would love if, if a luminous could do it, but she wasn't, uh, she wasn't available tonight, but somehow she sent me a text at the same time my phone quit. So I'm going to blame her for that. <laughs> <laughs> But otherwise, thank you, thank you, ladies. Thank you again. As I was saying, um, yeah, come on the show anytime. Anytime you guys want to call up and just if we're talking about something, that'd be great. But I really appreciate it. And I'm going to put this show up uh, as soon as I can. I'll put it up this weekend for all of our listeners to uh, check out. So thanks again. Hope you had a good time. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Bye, bye. I don't know your voices now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye. Good night, ladies. Bye. Bye. Good night, you guys. Good night. And to everybody out there, hope you enjoyed the show. Um, you know, again, listen to Geek Soul Brother and listen to all these other podcasts, and uh, I'm sure you'll have a good time. Talk to you all later. All right. Peace. Ciao. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.